Welcome to the Gastroenteritis Blues. My name is Steve Lippman. I'm here with Dan Volpone and Emily Anderson. Hello. How's everyone doing? Emily, what's up? Um, I'm doing good. It's ready for the Eagles to play in a little bit. Um, right. By the time people hear this, they'll probably have lost. <laughs> so, yeah. But right now, I'm still full of hope and optimism. Dan, how do you yeah. feel? Congrats to Joe Burrow on his first career win. <laughs> Uh, yeah, the Eagles have been terrible uh, this season so far. And speaking of terrible, we're here to talk about the Sixers. It's funny. We have a show sheet where we write down things during the week that we want to talk about on this. And nothing has happened at all. But there's so much <laughs> bullshit to talk about. And it really is jarring that I'm looking at this and there's all this, all this stuff to talk about, uh, which includes a wild story that people might not have known. This is a teaser about a chair impaling a person on a balcony, which is awful. Uh, but what a wild week in Sixers. Uh, the first thing to get out of the way, Billy Donovan, who is a uh, head coach candidate for the Sixers, signed with Chicago, which is weird to me because I thought he left OKC because of the rebuild that they were going to do. And he went to Chicago, and they are in like a worse spot than OKC. So I'm not really sure. Dan, what do you think about – do you care at all that Billy Donovan is not the Sixers coach? And what do you think? I'm glad he's not because yeah. of, of the options who are left, I'm much more interested in, in Lou or D'Antoni. Um, and they seem to be like the, the, the big three. So um, it's surprising that the Sixers didn't end up with the person I didn't want. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'll, I'll take it. I'll take what I can get. Uh, Elton Brand, given, given more control, seems to be just <laughs> – Leaking everything, but doing excellent. <laughs> Emily, what do you think about yeah, Billy Donovan? Same with the whole situation of him going to Chicago when they're terrible, when he wanted to like not coach a terrible team is weird, but good, good for him. Enjoy Chicago. I hear it's a great city. Uh, yeah, he seems a little too Brett adjacent for me. Like It, it seems like if you're going to get rid of Brett, get somebody more of the uh, – bless you, Dan uh, – more of the uh, – sort of a Lou or D'Antoni thing I'd much more I'd much prefer but there's always a chance for like a dark horse Jim Lynham candidate that we have to stay vigilant because it could happen any day uh I need next, that. next thing constant friend, vigilance friend of the podcast Keith Pompey has done a lot of reporting this week uh Keith we're waiting to hear back as to whether or not he's going to be a guest on the podcast uh I can say not looking great but we'll see <laughs> Uh, Keith Pompey reported this week that Elton Brand, met, I wish we had a laugh track, met with the team's ownership <laughs> on Monday to discuss a new contract. According to multiple sources, sources added that Brand was expecting a three or four year deal. Interesting. So what we've talked about in, in recent weeks is like, man, Elton Brand got a promotion out of this, out of this year. And now it seems like he might be getting extended. Uh, Emily, how excited are you? I just really want, this is not shots at Elton Brand. Like we've said a million times, like we think he's a great smart guy, but I just want like Elton Brand level confidence. Like I have not done anything good 
I got a promotion and now I think I deserve four more years of right. this that I've done nothing good, but I deserve, I want that level of confidence and I, I support that level of confidence, but I don't really want that in my front office. I do like it as a joke. I think it's a funny <laughs> joke for him to be like, the most positive thing you could say about me is that I wasn't in charge and I was just talking like, there's nothing you can say where it was like, way to go, Elton. Uh, but I do, I do think it's a funny bit. Uh, Dan, what do you think about Elton and his uh, ex- possible extension? I think it just shows, like, he's, like, is he even, like, doing anything with basketball operations? He's like a glorified PR guy. He's like, right. I took all your shit the past two years, so you should actually, like, extend me and pay me more for that because I just, I've taken responsibility for everything you messed up. Exactly. So that, I mean, and he has some, uh, uh, Pompey also said that the Sixers want to make a run at Daryl Morey. They keep bringing up Morey as like a, a guy the Sixers want. And even in Pompey's article, he wrote that even though Tillman Fertitta had said that Morey's job was safe, people in the league think it's a chance that he's not. Uh, I know that Fertitta is like a penny pincher and is like not trying to spend a lot of money and all that kind of stuff. And we'll, we'll talk more about him later, but uh, I don't know if Daryl Morey is a real candidate in any way. It seems like uh, he would only come here if he could control everything. And who knows if that's going to happen. Another quote from uh, Pompey's sources is that it's hard to tell who is in charge due to ownership's earlier than expected involvement. Um, That's great to hear. Dan, do you have anything, anything on that other than what we always say? Yeah, it just sounds like we're doing all the same stuff. But uh, no, I can't see I can't see Maury being an option because I think Kyle Newbeck reported this week, I think it was Kyle, uh, that they're mostly just gonna be hiring under Elton. And they're right. not gonna hire anyone if that. And why would why would Maury be interested in that? No I don't think he would. Yeah. He'd get a real job. Right. Emily, what do you think? Yeah, and I also I'm not sure because as we know, like no one understands how this front office works or like why they do what they do. So I'm just speculating here. But if like the sources are saying it's hard to tell who's in charge because ownership has more involvement earlier than expected, would that not once again mean that they aren't like feeling confident in whatever Elton brand is leading? So they have to get involved, but then they're going to extend him. I don't understand what is happening. I don't either. Um, I guess, uh, yeah. I Like, is that you, the read you guys get, or am I reading that wrong? What do you think? <laughs> I, I mean, I just think it's impossible to know what's going on. Like, no I, I, one knows. I can't even guess at it. Yeah. The one thing I think is interesting, though, is, like, so much has come out. I know, like, uh, own has written about it, uh, about how, like, kind of, like, the marketing department's, like, running the team and, like, making basketball decisions. And I just think that's incredible because how do you own a basketball team and not realize that the best way to like make more money as a team to have stuff to market is just by having a team that wins. Right. Like, you're I mean, just like we're going to bring in these crappy players with good stories and people are going to check out after 10 games. Like who's that appealing to? I mean, it's, it's Scott O'Neill is really the, the person that they're talking about when they say the marketing department and uh, he hated Hinky and, really campaigned to get him out of there and the fact that he's still here is sort of mind-boggling and the fact that like Harris and Blitzer are just being puppets for this guy who like has no 
track record of success. And then there's like Ned Cohen and Alex Rucker and like, I don't, I mean, I was happy they didn't fire Ned Cohen on Rosh Hashanah. I would have felt bad if they did that. It would not be a sweet year. But at this point, I think we can get rid of them. I'm done with it. Um, the next thing from uh, Keith on page report with the Inquirer uh, is that word is leaking out. The Sixers are just full <laughs> that, uh, that Brand is pushing hard for the Sixers to hire D'Antoni and that Joel Embiid gave his blessing. Uh, so that a lot of people were, were saying that if D'Antoni comes in here, it seems like Embiid is out because D'Antoni's never coached somebody like that. I, I mean, that's the only happy thing I saw from that, uh, uh, that report. I, w- I would like if Embiid is in on the coach, and especially if the coach is not a like, perfect fit for him. Uh, Emily, what do you think about that as it relates to Joel? Yeah, I agree with that. And just because Dan Tony's never, I think we've said this before, like just because he's never coached a player like Joel doesn't mean that he can't. Right. Like, and I think it would be dumb as a coach to come into a team and being like, what I want to do with this team is not even try and get rid of their star player, like top 10 player in the league, top five player, whatever you want to say Joe is like, that's what, that's how we win. Like it's stupid. So I mean, I don't think there's any – I think Ben is more likely to, like, if they were to trade one of the two, it would. I feel like it would more likely be Ben's, but I don't want them to do either. But, yeah, so it's, it's good that Joe's giving his blessing. I don't, I don't think Joe's going anywhere. That's so dumb. That would yeah. be so dumb. What do you think, Dan? I love the phrasing, word is leaking out. Like, when is it not? <laughs> it's yeah. just – it's leaking everywhere. There's like, a word I, on the street about the Sixers. <laughs> I know everything they're thinking, but I don't know who's thinking what or who's making decisions, but I always know their thoughts. Right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, like, I love that it's phrased that way because we don't even think about it at this point. Like, it's just like the rumors swirling around that always end up seeming to be right. Like who they want to draft. It's always right. right. But, uh, but it's true. Like it's a leak and it's still an issue. They're still just like hemorrhaging information to the rest of the league constantly who do you guys think is is the source of these leaks like who exactly is benefiting from these leaks uh i i saw one theory which was that like the sixers are leaking all of this d'antoni stuff to get Ty Lue to drop his price and that, i don't know i mean it seems to me like these leaks with the sixers love d'antoni and bead loves d'antoni also the other thing actually just from today is that according to multiple sources this is again keith uh who might come on the podcast and bead is happy that he'll face the basket instead of posting up in d'antoni's proposed five out system d'antoni's plan is to move tobias harris back to power forward the sixers will also make trades if he's hired according to reports the expectation is that he'll have a say in picking players for his freewheeling style of play. Um, I, I, I guess to me, it, it reads like a brand or ownership leak trying to get fans excited and like in on the D'Antoni of it all. I don't, you know, there was that leak that Alex Rucker would be out. That, that also seems like a brand leak, but again, why isn't he out yet? Um, so I don't know exactly where these are coming from, but what do you think about, you know, and be, the whole five out thing is a little strange. What do you think, Emily? Yeah, same. I, I mean, it sounds like it sounds like it's someone who was in the interviews with D'Antoni. Like it seems like they have like his like resume file plan that PowerPoint that he brought right. to the meeting. So unless they're just making stuff up, which is also possible because I don't trust any of them. Yeah. 
So yeah. I don't. Yeah, I'm just just thinking about the players he named, and like maybe I'm overthinking this, but he doesn't mention Ben Simmons, which is kind of weird. He's talking right. about moving Tobias back to what we kind of have now all agreed is Ben's position. Um, like we kind of all agree Ben is best as a as a four, and so if he's going to move Tobias there, and they're talking about there's going to be trades, like is are they considering moving Ben? Like what's what's the deal there? I I think it's kind of weird to to mention two players and one of them is the team's best player and the other one is not the team's other all-star. Mm-hmm. No, I agree. And I thought the same thing. Uh, I do think Tobias Harris in the NBA should play four. Like I do think that mm-hmm. oh, in order for him to be successful, like he should be a power forward, but what becomes of Ben Simmons? And I think a lot of people seeing D'Antoni, it's like, well, D'Antoni would use Ben really well. Like he would totally utilize him and, and figure it out. I, I, I am curious, like you mentioned, like there has been no Ben Simmons rumored interest or Ben Simmons blessing for D'Antoni or whatever. So who knows? Maybe it's just, it just hasn't come yet and it will. But I do wonder if Tobias is back at four, then what position is Ben playing? Uh, because obviously nobody will know if he's actually going to shoot until he's on the court shooting. So uh, it's a good, that's a good thing to bring up. I don't think it's impossible that like, they have, you know, since they're so in jail with all these contracts that the dumb front office would think about moving Ben. Uh, but I would hope that's not the case. The other thing, uh, one of the other things that came out is uh, KOC, Kevin O'Connor from The Ringer. He tweeted last week that rumblings of Mike D'Antoni going to the Sixers have gotten much louder this past day. Nothing's final. There's, meanwhile, rumblings and leakings, everything is happening. I'm just intrigued since his preferred style isn't fit for Philly's roster. It'd be weird. Would hiring him be a precursor to changes to modernize the team? MDA does love CP3. Uh, And then sort of to piggyback on that, Keith Smith, the guy who broke the Orlando thing, said that he's starting to hear a lot of buzz that the 76ers are letting teams know that they are open to trade talks if they hire Mike D'Antoni to be their next coach. Philadelphia realizes that the current roster with all the bigs isn't built to be a successful D'Antoni team. I pretty much hate all the players except for Ben and Joel. So uh, trade whoever you want. I don't really care. Like, great. We'll have guards on the team. Like I, I, the only thing I would worry about is if they want to trade Ben or Joel. Um, But in terms of being like open for business, I would hope so. I, you know, they're, they're really poorly built and especially for the modern era. So I don't know. What do you think, Dan? I, I I know I keep picking at like some of the certain like phrasing in the quotes, but I love I love he says that Philadelphia realizes the current roster with all the bigs isn't built to be successful as a D'Antoni team, <laughs> as if there's like another coach that could make this lineup make any sense. Right, like yeah. guys just like Al Horford constantly standing 15 feet from the basket where everyone else needs to be. <laughs> Joel's posted like Joel and Ben posted up at the same time. Tobias missing threes like. None of it's good. No one's going to make it good. It's a, right. it's not a, it's, this is not a Mike D'Antoni-specific problem. Like, if that's what it takes for them to get rid of some of these guys, great. Whatever it takes. But it, he, it shouldn't be – like, if they end up going with Ty Lue, they should still trade some of these players. And, and people are like, well, you shouldn't trade players for, like, a 69-year-old head coach coming in. But it's like, the players are bad. Get rid of them. Like, <laughs> what are we doing? Like, this isn't because – Mike D'Antoni is going to be the coach for 10 years. It's because the team was bad and they need to get rid of these guys regardless of who the coach is. 
Also, who uh, cares how old the coach is? Like, it's not like coaches in the NBA are constantly lasting 20 seasons if they – like, right. there is not – no one's looking for the next Popovich. You're looking for a guy to get you through the next few years. Right, right. Um, Emily, what do you think of that? Yeah, I agree with Dan. I, it's the, the phrasing is so funny. I, and then I think these are – Philadelphia realizes – I feel like it's trying to, like, deflect blame almost. Like, this big – this team could have worked with a different coach, but since we have to bring a new coach in, then, the, the you know – the seven foot tall roster just doesn't work for him. So that's why we have to trade people like putting it on Dan Tony. If they hire him, like it won't work for him. It would have worked for someone else because it's a well-constructed team. It's just like deflecting. I know like Mike D'Antoni's here. We got to get rid of Al Horford. Sorry, Larry Brown. Not we had end. a great roster, but now we have D'Antoni and he's ruining it all. <laughs> exactly. Like the one real piece of data that we have from the season is that one Brett was pretty much done being the coach here and also like the players are bad and you need to get better players for 2020 basketball around guys like Embiid and Simmons so uh yeah I don't really I don't I don't have any alarms going off about oh my god we're going to build the roster around D'Antoni it's like sure I don't he's smart and he like he knows how to score points I'm not I'm not worried about it um then now Emily I think maybe you want to lead the way on this one there's a report about Michael Rubin and have to be sort of delicate about it, but uh, it was from People Magazine. Tell us how you found it and what exactly happened. Yeah, so I was on People Magazine. I forget what I was actually looking up that I wanted to see about, I don't know, someone someone being pregnant or something, maybe uh, Jon Snow, Rose Leslie. I think she had a baby, so I was like interested in it. And I saw like something about 76ers owner being sued, and it was just so weird to see the Sixers on People magazine and not have it be related to like Ben and Kendall or something. Uh And I was like, oh, what did Josh Harris do now? And I got kind of excited. Um, But it wasn't Josh Harris. It was Michael Rubin. And turns out that a woman in New York City is suing a property company owned by him because a chair that fell from the penthouse apartment of this building that he owns hit fell off the balcony and hit her in the head and her head was caved in by it so it fell 12 stories it like wasn't secured on the penthouse like balcony and it fell 12 stories hit her in the head and she had a severe traumatic brain injury um the pictures are terrifying. Yeah. If you look at this article, her like head is legitimately caved in. She's had three brain surgeries. She was like applying to Harvard Med School, and like obviously, if you have a tra- traumatic brain injury, it like you have to go to rehab. It like messes with your cognitive level. Um. So yeah, she's suing Michael Rubin's property company. The New York City Department of Buildings fined his company six thousand two hundred fifty dollars. They got a citation for like not securing a lounge chair um but i don't it doesn't say like what she's asking for or anything um she gets so much i mean that's so much money yeah so like a stake in the team yeah make her the owner make her the owner she could probably do better it's fine yeah um that's awful and i hope she's okay and i hope she sues him for all he has if people don't know michael rubin he is like uh, he's a minority owner, and Bede is close with him, and I think he's more of a sort of pal around the players, and, you know, they'll go to concerts together. Um, but I, he doesn't have much say in, like, the ongoings of the team. 
when Josh Harris uh, tried to take away salary from people during the pandemic, he was apparently upset about it in closed doors. Uh, again, he could have solved the problem himself very easily, but uh, so yeah, I don't, I don't really give a shit about Michael Rubin and I hope he loses all his money. Uh, for our purposes, it would have been better if the person getting sued would be Josh Harris. I, I think we should sue Josh Harris just for like- Pain uh, and suffering. Heartache. Yes, pain and suffering. Uh, Dan, do you have anything else on this uh, report here? Just that like, I feel like everyone involved with the team is like evil in some way. Right? They're awful. Yeah. Yeah. So we just wish the best for this girl and hope that she gets all of the money that she wants and that she has a full recovery. Yeah. Best of luck and uh, uh, self-esteem. Uh, well, I need to say something real quick. Please. Just got a Bleacher Report notification. Joe oh Montana gosh. stops kidnapping. <laughs> he, he and his wife had to wrestle one of their grandchildren away from a home intruder on Saturday. And I would just like to say, I don't think J.J. Reddick would have done anything. No, I don't think so. No. No. He, you know, we know where he comes down on this issue, which is, <laughs> which is pro-kidnappers. Um, I still well, remember listening to that. I listened to it like right when it came out. And I, I think I t- put something in the Slack and I was the first one to listen to it. I'm like, did you, did, is this real? Like, and then it, it's not, you can't find it anywhere. They took that down like immediately. Oh. And like Mo Bamba had no idea what to say. Poor that Mo was Bamba. the guest on the episode. He was like, huh, huh, huh. Oh, what a time. What a crazy story that he told. To Mo Bamba, who just was on there to, like, talk about being a basketball player. He's, like, 19-year-old kid. Like. I know. <laughs> I just don't understand how he told that story thinking that there wouldn't be people responding to it being, like, so you just left the car? Like. Yeah. Why? He's, he's, like, 6'6". Six, six, like, he's, like, a big guy. No, yeah. I mean, he, he's not a large basketball player in terms of basketball players, but in, tor- in terms of normal humans, he certainly could have, like, yeah, handled the situation the in some ass. assertive way. Right. But um, not even that. Like, he couldn't have texted his agent and been, because, like, I, his whole thing was, like, his wife was in the car. He didn't want to, like, put anyone, but, like, text your agent and be like, hey, can you call 911 to meet us here? There's a per, like, you have a phone. Like, not, you don't have to call. Like, you have people. I don't, we don't need to get into it. It's just, Wow. You know, JJ, best of luck. Uh, come on the pod. Come on, come on the pod. We'd <laughs> love to talk to you. Uh, <laughs> that's all I would want to ask him about, by the way. Oh, yeah. I don't care about anything I don't else. give a shit about Duke. I want to know, like, what happened? Is there a way that we can be on your side with this? Um, most likely game. Emily's judging. Uh, take it away. Okay. I had some... Trouble. I made up all of these questions, I think. So none of these are like from a website, so they're probably gonna be weird, but here we go. Um we don't I get to pick. Steve, you can go first. Love it. Okay. Um who is most likely to secretly be a wizard? Secretly be a wizard. Okay. Hmm. I'm going to say Ryan Brokoff because I'm not sure that he plays basketball. I've never seen it. And this could be what that guy is known for. I don't know. I haven't Googled him myself, but I, and you look at him in this picture of him and he looks like a Harry Pottery guy, although he's probably too tall. So I think that uh, I'll go with Brokoff. 
All right. I'm going to go with Mariel Shayok. Mm. And I think he has wizardy eyes. I don't know why or what that means, but he, he has like this look in his eyes that I feel like he could do some magic. All right. I, as much as I love Ryan Brokoff to always be the right answer, I'm going <laughs> to give this one to Dan. I like the idea of wizardy eyes, but they're, you can't quite describe what makes them wizardy. That makes me think that it's really strong wizard vibes. I will so, say I'm looking at him now and I think I agree. He does have wizardy eyes. So <laughs> we'll go Shayak and we'll give it to Dan. <laughs> okay. Uh, next question. In, in line with our previous JJ uh, conversation, which Sixer is most likely to start a podcast? Oh. Do none of them have one? No, not that I know of. Okay. Uh, no, I don't think so. I feel like that's something we would know. That's true. You would hope so. Um, all right. I'm going to – I feel like the, the answer – I feel like Matisse is like a cop-out answer because he's already doing like social stuff. So I'm going to pick someone else, and I'm going to go with – I'm going to go with <clears> – <throat> I'll go with Joel. I don't really – I don't really want to. I think he is not – he doesn't like doing – like going out, but I think he – he would like maybe after he retires even like he's going to have a lot of demand because he's like a funny guy and you know so Spotify's like 10 billion dollar podcast empire is going to pay Joel a few million a year to like record a podcast and uh he, you know he has some friends around the league people will come on I think I think he could start a podcast uh I'm gonna go with Kylo Quinn I think he's close to the end of his playing career and clearly somebody who likes to talk and likes to be personal, personable. Uh, so I would think that pretty shortly, actually, he would be like on the Ringer podcast network with one of those guys over there. So I'll say Kyle Quinn. Dan, do you have any more water or is that enough? Is that good? Dan is drinking out of like a keg a size of, of a gallon of water right now. Yeah, before, before class started, I was trying to drink a gallon a day. I got it done a few days. But the thing is, in class, I can't do it because I have to sit there and watch the lectures. But I, if I have to get up and pee every five minutes, it's just terrible. I was going to say, you must be peeing constantly. When I drink the gallon, uh, yeah, I'm taking, like, I, I'll weigh myself before and after. And I'll lose, <laughs> I'll lose like, over two pounds just by peeing. <laughs> All right, great. Well, keep us posted on that, please. I will. <laughs> That's awful. I hate water, and that just, like, grosses me out almost. Wow. I love water. Ugh. It's doesn't it's I don't know. I am not a fan. Prefer to be in a constant state of dehydration. <laughs> um, okay. So I'm gonna give that one to Steve with Kyle O'Quinn. Okay. I yeah, put him on the ringer with uh Vince Carter. And oh yeah, they, right. They can pair up. I think Joe I think Joe doesn't like the spotlight that much. And I don't know that he's a good he's good at being interviewed, but I don't know that he would be a good interviewer. Right. So I'm gonna give that one to Steve. Great. One, All right. One. Yep. Who is the most likely to have a candy bar in their pocket at all times? Oh, I think that that is going to be Mike Scott. Ooh. I think that he likes sweets. Um, I think that he's a wacky fella. And uh, I think that, yeah, 
I think that it's like they're it's halftime and Mike Scott's like eating a payday and they're like, Mike, trying to talk here. And he's like, sorry, sorry. Uh, so yeah, I'll go with Mike Scott. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to view this as who is most likely to need to have a candy bar at all times for some kind of medical emergency that may Like happen. a blood sugar oh. thing. Interesting. Zaire Smith. If someone's going to have a blood sugar issue, it's going to be Zaire Smith. So I think he's going to be the guy with the candy bar. Wow, that's who I thought of first. <laughs> all right, that one I've got to get to Dan. Yeah. There's a few things that always win, and bringing up Zaire Smith having some type of medical emergency is one of them. No, yeah. And if you can twist any question to include that, then you just <laughs> get the point. So, all right. So it's two one, Dan. Yeah. Um, gonna bring another Philly sport into this. I don't know if, how big of Phillies fans you guys are, but. I think that it's generally known around the Philadelphia area that the the Phillies need to sign JT Real Muto, and they are not doing it. So who from the Sixers is most likely to personally finance JT's contract so he can stay in Philadelphia? Interesting. Um, I am a big Phillies fan. They have their last game today, and they need two teams to lose, but they'll probably lose on their own, anyways, so yeah, it won't so. be a big deal. Um, you know, I would say Ben Simmons likes to do a lot of cross-sport stuff on his social media. He'll do, like, E-A-G-L-E-S. He'll do some, like, he'll go to some games back when people were going to games. I I think that maybe as a as a show of faith to, like, you know, sort of get the fans to love him even more, I think he might front at least half of the Real Muto contract. Yeah. You don't actually have to have the money in this situation. It's more Got about, it. you know, so you don't have to pick the person who could actually afford it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to pretend you didn't say that because I already made up my mind and picked okay. someone with a lot of money. All right, go for <laughs> so, it. So, like, I'm going to take the guy who who has not enough goodwill from the fans and too much money, oh, no. Tobias Harris. Yeah. Oh, no. He's going he's gonna to say, listen, this contract isn't so bad because you get JT with it. Oh, that would be a, be a dilemma. Baseball money does nothing compared to NBA money. Yeah. Dan, Dan gets it. All right. All right. 3-1. He's, he's really spinning all of our storylines into these questions. I feel like he, like, prepared for it. He was like, what always wins and how can I spin it? He's got a Google Doc of his own where he's just, like, <laughs> mentions Zaire's bad it's like a food question, Zaire Smith. <laughs> Money question, Tobias Harris. Yeah, I'm like a flow chart at the ready. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right. Okay, so Dan could win it here, and he gets to go first. So I'm going to say which Sixter is most likely to bake the best chocolate chip cookies? Most likely to bake the best chocolate chip cookies. Okay. I am going to give it to Matisse here. And I think it's because he has a chocolate chip cookie loving vibe to him and, and he's creative. So I think he's tried a lot of like recipes, you know, like he, ha- he might be the only player on the team who has a favorite chocolate chip cookie recipe, you know, cause he's a little bit like artsy, likes like doing stuff. I know baking's not really artsy, but I feel like it kind of is. And, and he's, He's just got that smile. It's like, you know, he loves cookies. 
So I think he knows what are good, and he know he makes them. Um, quick aside about me: I don't like chocolate. Uh, I'm, a, I'm a weirdo. Uh, a lot of people like it. There are a few things I like it in, like a Charleston chew. I love that. We're really gaining a lot of friends. That is like, such a weird. <laughs> it's my favorite candy, Charleston Bro. chews. They're like, uh, <laughs> they're like, it's like. <laughs> I don't know if it's nougat or some sort of vanilla inside and they're little, they don't, I think they stopped making them in like the forties, but they're little chocolate guys. I really like, I really like, okay. I'd love to be sponsored by them uh, in any way. We All right. at them in the, in the podcast tweet and I'll okay. stop saying that they're gross and then maybe we'll get a sponsorship. <laughs> There's no way they have social media. The, the person who runs their account is like an 80 year old. Um, all right. The person who makes the best chocolate chip cookies is I will say Alec Burks. I think that Alec, I mean, he's a dad. So I think that it's important PTA meetings and having Matisse is out there. He's having fun. He's, he's too young to really know the right recipe. He's probably only seen one recipe. Alec Burks is a man of the world and he's got a, he's got a whole family. I think he's had to make chocolate chip cookies on multiple occasions. All right. I like, I like Dan's, not Dan, sorry. I like Steve's answer. <laughs> I really, that really threw you both for a loop there. It really did. It was a real roller coaster of emotions. <laughs> I, yeah, uh, I think you need to be, I think you need to be a dad to make chocolate chip cookies. Dan showing okay. us Charleston shoes and he looks disgusted oh, so by them. Yeah. They're so good. I looked, I couldn't find their Twitter either. So you have to go to like an art house movie theater and they have them there. Or like, okay. I think I've seen them there. That or like an old timey, like penny candy store that like has like a soda fountain. They like have them there too. Yes. Not like a normal Sorry, Emily, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, you're fine. This is important content. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think you need a kid to make chocolate chip cookies. Matisse would just order his cookies from Insomnia, I think. I don't know that he's Ah. making them himself. Yeah. All right, great. All right, so it's three, two, Dan. Before I ask this next question, I want to know if, for the listeners, there's a photo of a really nice-looking dog behind Steve, and I was wondering who that dog is. So this is... um... (laughs) <laughs> this is uh i'm at my girlfriend's parents place upstate new york oh. and this is their old dog uh named albert um that's a bernese mountain dog and uh yeah so that's I'm, a great I'm happy dog name. she'll be very happy that you asked about it. she doesn't listen but i'll let her know Good um, yeah very sweet albert dog. got a mention on the pod yes we'll tag him too love it all right so it's three two dan and the next question is which sixer is most likely to win a drinking game okay a few people i can think that the sixers have so many people meanwhile who like are not going to win this question like who are completely not right for this question like tobias al horford matisse uh uh Embiid says he doesn't even drink who is most likely to win a drinking competition Oh, okay. So I think that I have the right answer here, which is Mike Scott. Am I allowed to use him again? Yeah. You can do whatever you want. Okay, but the way you just answered that made it sound like you can do whatever you want, but I, you just won't get the point. When I play, I don't repeat, but that's a rule I made for myself, not for you. All right. Well, I'm going to sort of ignore the passive aggression, and I'm going to say <laughs> that 
Mike Scott is the winner of this one because he, you know, in the middle of a game, he drank that lady's Jack and Coke or just Jack uh, with ice. Uh, he did like the rights to Ricky Sanchez live and he was drinking there. I think he's a fun guy. I think that he likes to go out and, you know, he had all those things last summer where he was going out with the fans and he went to a tailgate and beat the shit out of some Eagles fans. He likes to drink. Mike Scott. All right. All right, and I'm going to go with Zaire Smith. I know I'm also repeating, only because he's the youngest. So I feel like – and he, like, he, I feel like he has nothing else to do. Like, he's just sitting around. He's not, he's not playing on the Sixers. Uh, I guess he's playing in Delaware, but that's – who knows when they're going to even bring the G League back at this point. Right. So he, he's only 21. I'm also 21. So I feel like, I feel like, you know, as you get older, you drink less, like, you know, like he's still college age. Like he would still, he's the only player on the team who would still be in college. I believe that's right. Cause Matisse was a senior. Yeah. yeah. yeah, so, yeah. so he's the only, he's the only college age player, college age kids drink a lot. So I think he could, he could, he could win the contest. This would have been a good one for the broke off card, honestly. But uh, Emily, go ahead. Who wins? All right. So I'm going to give that. This is like a. I'm going to give it to Steve with the Mike Scott answer. It's a little unfair because as an old person, I take pride in my that I can still play drinking games. So saying that he's young would make him better at drinking games like hurts my ego a little oh. bit. So I like oh. I like to pick someone older who's been playing drinking games a while and has really perfected the technique and the strategy behind all of the best drinking games. Also, what if they make natural light with, like, sesame oil? Because I would be fucked. So. <laughs> yeah. He's probably allergic to gluten, so he probably can't drink beer. So he probably has to play with cider, which would make you really full, or liquor, which would get you really drunk too fast. Steve, you're forgetting that there's only two ingredients in natural light, and it's water and pee. <laughs> That's true. Okay, so it's all tied up. Last question. Game seven. Yeah, Steve is trying to do that 3-1 comeback. Mm-hmm. And the question is, which sixer is most likely to bowl a perfect game? Do they bowl? Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, Andrew Bynum. No, I don't know. I was um, just thinking that. That's so funny. <laughs> all right. I'm going to go with Tobias uh, because he's – he seems like the sweet spot of like he's like just fun enough that he would go out bowling, but not fun enough that he wouldn't go out bowling. <laughs> <laughs> like Al Horford, he's not even fun enough to go. Mike Scott, he's doing something like way cooler than anything I've ever done. You know, like he's he's hanging out with like some cool people. And Tobias Harris, he doesn't want to hang out with the cool people. He's he's got his books, and then like when he's not playing basketball, he bowls. And I think, I think that's like that's not even like that's not like some side thing he does. Like he's that could be just like that's his like main exercise when he's not playing basketball. Bowling. Bowling. All right. All right. Um, which Sixers most likely to bowl a perfect game? All right. I think that the answer is Shake Milton. He's lower to the ground, which helps. 
Um, he's not short, but he's lower to the ground. He's a very accurate shooter, which I think translates to, um, to bowling in some ways and, and just to a regular hand-eye athleticism sort of thing. Um, I think that he's very accurate. I think that he's fun and he would like to go with friends to bowling when we're all allowed. Um, so yeah, I think that he's, he played it growing up and, uh, and now he's a really good bowler. So I'm going to say Shake Milton. All right. I've got to give that one to Dan. Fuck me. <laughs> I just, mostly because I've, I have weird reasons why I pick things. I just like the idea that there's a level where you're like, a level below not cool enough to go bowling, but also <laughs> there's like another level where you're all you're too cool to go bowling, and right. there's like a sweet spot in between. And I just thought that was a really deep philosophical bowling analysis, and I really enjoyed it. So, Dan wins. Wow, well done. I should have said broke off. I was thinking about it. I was like, don't overdo it. But well, the rest of this episode is shit now. Um, uh, we had a report from John Clark, who is a Philadelphia reporter, I think for NBCS Philly. Uh, he said, this is, this is last week, I'm hearing one of the reasons, along with coaching, that the Sixers have a lot of interest in Mike D'Antoni is, feeling with some, is the feeling with some in the organization that he could help lure James Harden to Philadelphia. Harden can become a free agent in two years, and there is a possibility of a trade. Uh, Emily, what do you think about this report? On one hand, I am like, let James Harden come to Philadelphia. I would love that. But you can't pick a coach because he might help lure James (laughs) Harden to Philadelphia. Like, that is the worst reason to pick a coach. Yeah. 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 I I think it's, first of all, I don't believe that at all. James Harden's not going to come here in free agency. And even if he wanted to, we're not going to have any cap space in two years. Um, unless we somehow trade everyone, we'd have to, it's not going to happen. We'd have, I mean, even with, even if we managed to get off Tobias and Al, we still wouldn't have the cap space for, for Harden in two years. And I think like, I would love if we traded for, for Harden. I mean, I would, I think that's like one actual good reason to trade Ben. Like we always say, don't trade Ben or Joel, but that doesn't, that means like, don't try, don't purposely go out of your way to trade them. doesn't mean don't, you know, bring in a better player. Um, So yeah, I would, I would love to get James Harden. I would definitely give up Ben for him. I don't understand the pushback at all. There are some fans who were like, Oh, he's, he's 31. He chokes in the playoffs. Like this is this, that is just, Terrible thinking. I'm sorry. If you're say, if you're saying that, you just should you should not be allowed to comment on anything else going forward. Like James anything Harden, else, anything no more else. comments out of that. Person. Not not even just basketball. <laughs> anything else. James Harden is so good. He's he has a skill set that I guess anyone needs, but we like especially are painfully lacking. And there's no argument to not trade Ben Simmons, who's very good, for Harden, who is who has come in, I think the top two in MVP voting had been three straight years. He won one. And I think he was, was he third this year? He's like one of the best offensive players of all time. He's like a legitimate all-time great scorer. Uh, And we have all-time bad scorers. See? Little balance is nice. (laughs) 
think it's um, the balance of the universe. Uh, I agree with you. I, I think that I, I usually say no to Ben trades because they're usually like, well, you got to split them up. They both, uh, and, and it's like, so not the problem with the team, but if the option was to get James Harden and Joel Embiid on the same team, it would be pretty insane. And I think you have to do it. Um, the only, I, again, I agree that it's probably not legitimate and like certainly not a reason that you hire the coach is like, he coached this one guy who's really good. Maybe he wants to come. Uh, the only thing is that Pertita is a bad owner. And if he really is like trying to shed salary, shed like long-term salary and done with the current roster, which was so such a creation of Maury and D'Antoni, uh, maybe, it, you know, is there some world where he's interested in that? Then that's the only sort of shred of uh, consideration I would give to it. But, you know, if that is based in fact, then all the more reason, obviously, to, to hire D'Antoni. But I don't think that you bank on that in any real way. Um, the next thing that we have. Now, I don't know this person. You got, let me know if you know this person. Brandon Scoop B. Robinson. He's uh, always wrong. He's always wrong. Good. He's I'm glad wrong. he's on the podcast then. Um, Brandon Scoopy Robinson uh, is a reporter on Twitter, and he said, King Sixers talks have gained traction again. Great question is, who is gaining the traction? Who exactly is talking to the Kings front office right now? No way to know. Have heard the Sixers are interested in Buddy Heald, but it is unclear if the Kings have the similar level of devotion to adding Al Horford to their roster. Um, I, uh, what do you think? I think that Dan and I talked about this on Twitter, I think last week that like, I would be so happy to have Buddy Heald on the Sixers. He is like that sort of JJ Reddick sort of skill set would be very helpful. I don't want them to make him their only off season change because I don't think he's good enough or exactly what they need enough, but he would definitely help. Uh, Emily, what do you think about this, about Scoopy's report? I have a lot of questions. One, I want to know if he gave himself the nickname Scoopy. Yeah, right. I hope that he did. Mm-hmm. And then I agree with you. I really like Buddy Heald. I've liked him since he like went on that run in the NCAA tournament. He just seems like a delightful person. Mm-hmm. And He's we from need the Bahamas, someone... I think, which is fun. yeah, I think so. Yeah. Um, we just need someone who can shoot. So I'm I'm perfectly happy to have Buddy Heald as a sixer. I also like the the use of the word devotion, it reminds me of when, when Woj was like scooping all the picks and changing all of his words. Like not in, we can't use interest again. We're going to call it devotion this time. Right, right. So I really enjoyed that. No one has a level of like. Who's devoted I'm, to Al Horford being on No team. one is devoted to adding Al Horford to their right. team. Like we would like someone who shoots and we would like, we have a level of devotion of getting Al Horford off our team. Mm-hmm. Does that count? Yeah. I don't know. We're devoted to that idea. Yeah. Dan, what do you think? Yeah, I love the idea that it's gaining traction, even though they don't want the main player in the deal. Uh, like, how's, <laughs> what is it? It's gaining traction, but it's unclear if the Kings even want him. Right. What does that mean? Elton keeps calling. The Kings aren't picking up, <laughs> but it's gaining. He keeps calling. What is yeah, gaining traction? Like, the Kings hang up right away as soon as he mentions Al, but like this pastime, they talk for like a full minute. So Elton, Elton told him, Elton leaked that they're uh, gaining traction. Now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the Kings did want Horford last summer. Now they're under new management now, so maybe they have smarter people in there. And obviously Horford just had a pretty terrible season. Um, I, I actually am confident that they'll get off of him this offseason. But in terms of 
getting off of him and getting Buddy Heald back without using like the key things you need to use to get a star level player, then I would, I would just be careful about that. Um, and now Dan wrote an article this week uh, about Chris Paul and how the Sixers need to trade for Chris Paul. Dan, do you want to just introduce that article and, and how you came about with it and all that? Yeah. I mean, I, I kind of came to it just because I've thought a lot about a lot of the Sixers fans, fake trades and things they're making this summer. Um, and people are all over kind of like wing guys who can shoot a bit. People want Drew Holiday, Buddy Heald, Zach, Zach Levine. And I would be very happy to add one of those players next to Chris Paul, but none of them are all-star level players at this point. I know Drew was an all-star once and I guess Levine is, but whatever. Um, I, I would much rather have Chris Paul who is still an all NBA player. People talk about his contract as if, you know, this is some kind of deal breaker. He's making 41 million and 44 with two years left. He's on a far better contract than Al Horford or Tobias Harris because he has one fewer year than Al, two fewer years than Tobias, and he's worth it. He was second-team All-NBA this year, and people have just kind of called him an albatross because he was hurt and struggled in his last season in Houston, and people gave up on him. But it's time to reevaluate that contract and now recognize that he's being paid what he's worth. There's only two years left, and the Sixers will be so lucky to add a player exactly what they need, a guard who can get to the basket, who can – shoot from all levels, who can pass, who can defend, who's a leader. He does everything well. He's second-team All-NBA. He finally stayed healthy last season. Even if, even if he doesn't, we get off a bad contract sooner. But if he does, you're turning someone like Tobias Harris or Al Horford into a legitimate All-NBA player at the position you actually need. And they're so lucky they even have the chance to do that, if, if they have the chance to do that. I mean, so the Athletic um, had two people get together, Rich Hoffman, who's a Sixers beat writer, and Eric Horn, who's a Thunder beat writer. And they came up with uh, a few fake trades between the two teams that they think would help both teams. And there were two in which the Sixers got Chris Paul without giving up Ben Simmons. One of them was the Sixers get Chris Paul in exchange for Tobias Harris, 21st pick, and the Thunder's top preference of Matisse, Shake, Furkan, Zaire. The other one was the Sixers get Chris Paul in exchange for Al, Matisse, Zaire, and the Sixers' 2022 first-round pick lottery protected. I would kill for, to do either of those. those are, I would throw in Josh Richardson just to show how much we're still winning the deal. Give him, give him another pick and another pick. But this is the, people are saying like they think this might be an overpay. You're going from a guy who's not worth near the money he's getting to an all NBA player with fewer years left on his deal. You're not at the point where you can just say, Oh, we want someone who's around Joel and Ben's age. So you can uh, build a dynasty for the next 10 years. You're past that. That's not happening. You're stuck on these contracts. You could turn them into great players. And I think it's such a no brainer. You still have the assets left over. If you want to go get a buddy healed after that. Um, I think it's, it's a no-brainer, and if, if the package is anything like those, the Sixers would be crazy not to do it. I mean, you guys tell me what you think. Yeah, Emily, what do you think? Well, I was reading Dan's article. I was getting so, like, I don't know if triggered is the right word, but he just mentioned it. Like, the this, people are saying, like, to get a younger player and that so they can build a dynasty, and 
I hate to like go back in time, but it just drives me crazy that like they had Jimmy Butler, who is that younger player. (laughs) And he was like 29 when he was with the Sixers and look what he's doing now. And they like got rid of him because he, they didn't, I think because they didn't have like strong enough leadership to tell him and Ben to figure their shit out. Right. And it's just, it's so upsetting to me to think about, but in regards to these trades, I agree. I would rather actually would do either of them. Like Dan said, I would prefer if the Thunder's top preference was not Matisse, but I think it would be of those four players. Um, I just love him. He's just such a delight and I want him to stick around, but yeah. And also, I would probably rather give up Tobias because I think we could get rid of Allen, like a king, the Kings, and get Buddy healed. So then that like works out for everyone. But yeah, I would love to have Chris Ball on the team. I mean, if we could get rid of Tobias in a deal for Chris Paul, it would be just like such an incredible win because, like, currently, who who in the world is trading for that contract that Tobias is on? And how do you get off of it unless you get an amnesty? Like that just seems impossible. So. I would definitely do it. It would stink to give up Matisse, not because I think he's like incredible by any means, but because it's just like another example of the Sixers drafting a guy, him being good, and then they have to give him up to get somebody better because of all the other bad decisions they've made. But that's just sort of the point that they're at. People will complain about Chris Paul's age or that he has like a high cap number, but like the only reason the Sixers are getting a phone call is because of his age. Like, if he was mm-hmm. 28, the Sixers are get laughed out of the meeting. Like, the, the, he's a distressed asset in some way because of his age and his, you know, price tag. Um, but it's, he's certainly worth it. And even if he does regress or even if he does miss some games, like, he's so helpful uh, for what this team needs. I think that they don't really have much of an option to, like, hem and haw over, like, the protections of a pick or over – you know, Shaker, Matisse, or it's just like, you have to do it. You know, they just have to. Um, We're going to end on a high note here. On Thursday, we all found out uh, that Joel Embiid had a child. I was so happy for him that he posted a picture of him holding his new baby boy, who is uh, Arthur Elijah DePaula Embiid. Uh, Arthur, of course, was uh, Joel's brother who passed away at the age of 13, uh, soon after Embiid got drafted. Um, just an incredible, wonderful piece of news. It's lovely. I'm so happy for him. Nobody had any idea. Uh, I would imagine that the, the team knew and uh, on some level because if the Sixers were a good basketball team, they could potentially still be playing, but they're not. Uh, and I'm very happy that he was able to be there. And, uh, yeah, it's just great news. I'm so happy for him. What do you guys think, Emily? Yeah, I agree. I'm also really happy for him. We were, The three of us were like – dming and twitter yeah. when it came out and she was just like whoa whoa <laughs> like <laughs> yeah um i'm just happy for him him and his girl i i mean who knows apparently they're really good at keeping secrets i think it's his girlfriend his partner yeah. they've been together for a while um they have that cute little dog together and now they have a beautiful little baby boy so i'm sure it meant a lot to joe to have a boy to name him after his brother um and i just wish them all the best i'm glad I'm glad that he has, you know, now time to spend with his family. He's not playing. He was able to be there for the birth of his son, it seems. And I just, yeah, I wish him all the best. Yeah, it's it's great. I'm really happy for him. And, you know, it, we've talked about, like, Joel kind of seemed like he had a shitty year. They traded his friends or got rid of his friends. They let them walk. 
So it's nice to see him happy. And he looks yeah. very happy. And, you know, he, he makes us happy. He means a lot to to us just in our fandom. So I'm I'm really glad that that he has some some like a kid now and he's seemed really thrilled about it. Yeah. The process was such a like shared experience that became so like esoteric and not so much about basketball for so long that like to see Embiid, who was our guy from when he was like 19 and now he's, you know, a star in the league and he has a child. It's just incredibly cool. And, uh, and it's awesome. So we'd love to get Arthur on the podcast sometime soon. Uh, still waiting to hear back from Keith, but we'll see what happens. Uh, I think that's it. Uh, I was happy to see you guys. I hope you're all doing well. Good, good luck to the Eagles. Uh, we'll see you next week. Bye guys. Bye everyone. See ya.